Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twists. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahl. Right on cue. Yeah, so we're finally back after a week-long, well, two-week vacation for you, a week-long for me. And that's why we were absent. And I'm sure you guys missed us this last week and and a half, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Could always go back and listen to previous episodes as well. But I think it's actually a pretty... I think it's a common thing because I've a lot of the podcast or not a lot, but some of the podcasts that I listened to, I noticed there was also some some gaps or they were doing rebroadcasts of previous episodes. So it just must be, I guess, the time of the year that people go on vacation. Yeah, I was right after Memorial Day and people did mention they thought that, that the reason we didn't have episodes is because Houston was underwater which was not the case. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of flooding here, but we had planned already that there was going to be no episodes, la- episodes last week. So, Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're all right. Yeah, so long as I'm okay. That's all that matters. <laughs> Actually, you know, Houston was bad, but obviously the rest of Texas got hit pretty hard. Yeah. But that Tuesday after we came back from Memorial Day holiday, it was, I mean, offices were just kind of half filled because people couldn't get out of their homes and it was still, the water was still draining into the bayous and so forth. So crazy. It was definitely an off week last week. Yeah. Well, that happens. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully that clears up and, and everything's all right. But we'll get into our topic for today. We're, we're talking about wellness programs. So this isn't the same thing necessarily as, you know, there's way more talk about, you know, healthcare, And that's obviously been a big focus the last year, last two years, last three years. Wellness programs are a little bit different because it's not something that's necessarily going to be a, a mandatory part of, of anything as an employee working for someone. But it's something that many companies are implementing. I think I saw something roughly over 90% of of big companies in the U.S. have some sort of you know wellness program in place, and a good chunk of those are trying to stick to those programs. So it's definitely something that's happening, or that's an, at least an option for a lot of the major companies in the U.S. But one of the things that's really coming to the forefront here is, you know, is there questions of discrimination with these wellness programs? You know, there's all these different laws in place. The ADA being obviously a big one, and you know, you can't discriminate someone on the basis of a disability. And these wellness programs, is this kind of infringing upon that? It's it's one of the questions that's being asked right now. Yeah. And so it's an interesting world we're living in now because the Affordable Care Act having a requirement of employers of 50 and more to have health insurance, which most do already, then a lot of these companies are actually self-insured where they're actually taking on risk. And even smaller employers or relatively smaller employers that wouldn't usually be self-insured are starting to do this as well. And when you're doing that, even if you're fully insured, meaning the you know, you're actually buying an, a, a policy from a regular health insurance company as opposed to funding it yourself, even if that's the case, your incentive is still to have a healthy employee population. And so in theory, if you have this wellness program, then you're able to keep your healthcare costs low. And if you're fully insured, then your premium's low. And, and it, 
even 73%, I, I read that of smaller employers offer at least one wellness program. So even larger employers, of course, 90% more, that makes sense. But even smaller employers now are starting to partake in this. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, it makes sense because the healthier the employees are, I mean, the, the better it's going to be keeping your cost down as a, for the employer. So, it, I mean, Another thing too, I guess, would be it's going to be better as a, in the culture if, if everyone's healthier and feeling good about things. And obviously your company softball team is going to be helping as well because everyone's going to be in better shape and <laughs> going to be competing at a higher level than maybe some of your other companies. But I, I don't know what your thought. I, I, these wellness programs are a little goofy to me. And you know, reading this article about whether wellness plans actually do any good or not. I mean, there, I think there's there, there's always mixed results because let's get to the to the bottom line here, the legal issues here. Because if you participate in the in these programs, you usually get some kind of reward, or vice versa if you don't participate, some kind of penalty. And so the idea is, you know, Matt mentioned the ADA, the American Disabilities Act. You can also include GINA, which is has to do with discrimination for genetic information, and then HIPAA prohibits discrimination based upon, you know, health factors, et cetera. So you have these different statutes that prohibit discrimination, but then you have the Affordable Care Act, which says that basically regulates wellness plans and provides that you can reward for participation of these of these wellness plans. So now the question is, okay, if you can reward that effectively maybe a penalty for not participating, is that now discrimination? Because some of these wellness plans includes, you know, requirements to participate in, in certain exercise or health activities. If you smoke, then participate in some kind of tobacco education process and so forth. And so now the question is, is there discrimination? And that's exactly what the EEOC has alleged in now a, a famous uh, case, Honeywell. Yeah, and that's what I was just about to get to. The in this Honeywell case, you know, employees had who participated in the plan, their high deductible health plan, had the option to participate in their wellness program, which required employees to undergo tests for blood pressure, BMI, which I think is fake cholesterol. Not BMI, yeah, BMI is just like your height and weight, right? It's yeah. just a calculation. It's a calculation that tells people whether they're healthy or not, but based on like nothing else, which... At least it'll tell you if you're obese or not. But I feel like if you're within that kind of mid-range or not, it doesn't say much else, right? Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a calculation with that that's going to surprise anyone. Like, Yeah, that's true. Your BMI is what? <laughs> Not to get too far off track, but I know there. Were, I remember there was a scale. I saw a commercial for this a long time ago. There was a scale you would step on it and would actually tell you your body fat percentage somehow. But I don't get how it would. Oh yeah, calculate it <laughs> electronically. They there is some level of accuracy to it, but I don't know through your feet if you're if you're barefoot maybe. There's some way to do that. But see, I mean, that's what's ridiculous. I'm sorry to interrupt, but your train here, but that's what's kind of ridiculous with these wellness programs is because at the end of the day, how health insurance companies and these plans measure so-called health is based upon just some numbers, you know? And and so it's kind of it's kind of relating to studying for the test in school, right? Because then it's all about meeting these metrics and so forth. And and frankly, there there may be no other better way. For example, I think my wife's work has a wellness program, and because because she keeps track of certain exercise per week or whatever with a certain group of other employees and part of this wellness program, because they keep track of it or meet certain goals, then all of a sudden we're bumped up to 
the top premium health insurance plan at the low rate. And, and so we're rewarded for that, but they don't measure that you're actually succeeding in your health. They're just measuring that you're actually participating in the plan, yeah. which is kind of kind of weird. Yeah, it's like a list of items just checking off the boxes. And yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I thought the, the wellness plan that you put in place for the firm is pretty ridiculous, I thought. But... <laughs> Uh, if, if I had a wellness plan, I'd be like, you have to, ex- I think it's just exercise and diet. You have to keep track of it and, and, and actually be accountable. I don't think there's really any accountability in the wellness. It's just, and I don't even know if you can do that legally because how involved in your employees' lives do you really want to be, you know? You're crossing privacy lines at that point. Yeah, exactly. And there, there's that company, um, we were reading about, what was it? It was some Swedish trucking company, Scania, mm-hmm. yeah. Scania, and they, they have like 5,000 employees. And this article describes it as believing in a 24-hour employee, meaning you know, 24-7, they're on the clock in the sense that you're expected to exercise. They have an on-site gym, a team of healthcare professionals, a seminars, which they can learn. And I, I, think, I think that's fine. And I think this is all good if it's effective. But like I was saying, I think some of these things are, I don't, I'm not sure how effective they actually are. Yeah. We, we took a nice sidetrack off of that. Yeah. But get, get back to Honeywell. Yeah. So let's see, the, they can participate in the plan. The employees who choose not to participate are not eligible for this health savings account and must pay an additional surcharge to the annual health insurance contribution. Those who refuse some, some biometric testing are presumed to be tobacco users unless they participate in a tobacco cessation program. It's, there's a lot of just kind of all these little hoops that they have to jump through and, and all these different things. And so that's why people are saying, well, I don't want to participate in this. And, you know, you're discriminating me based on a disability I may have. Then you're getting, you're getting into a bigger issue. And what's crazy about that is that that's how most of well, these wellness programs work. Some of those complaints or, or what have you. And by, I don't know if this is, was brought by any of the employees. I think this is just brought by EEOC. And maybe someone made some complaints and so forth. And, and so this is what's strange about this. So you have, you have EEOC, which is one agency. And then you have the administration, which is a proponent of the ACA, who are seemingly in, of conflicting opinions. And so it's not surprising that April 23rd of this year, the EEOC published a proposed rule on how the ADA, the American Disabilities Act, applies to these wellness programs. And so I guess now, and this is the take home of all this, is is where we're headed when it comes to the regulations here, is that you're going to be able to have some kind of penalty or, or I should say reward so long as it's up to only 30% of the total cost that is the employer and the employee share of employee premiums. And, and I say employee premiums, meaning not including the spouse or the family. And so if, if you're within that little, little gap there, then the disability issues don't apply and, and, and you should be good. At least, by the way, this is proposed rule. This hasn't been adopted yet. Yeah, well, problem solved, right? We definitely wanted, needed to make healthcare more difficult for employers to <laughs> no figure kidding. out. So. I know. It's, it's definitely getting more and more complicated, especially those employees that are above 50. Even below there, it's difficult. But once you hit that 50 number, it uh, becomes something that you re- really require a lot of attention to. Yeah, I mean, most of the discrimination that we're seeing, or at least I've seen, is based on a disability. I haven't seen really any 
I'm, there's got to be age discrimination claims out there as well, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of ways that you can get creative when it comes to these uh, wellness programs because they're they're relatively new. And by the way, the reason they're new is because there hasn't been such an incentive. And I think this is part of the nature of the Affordable Care Act, at least its objectives, is that there hasn't been such an incentive to try to reduce healthcare costs. And it wasn't as obtainable as it was before. And now that everyone's in group plans and so forth, and it's we're forcing employers to do so, then all of a sudden that cost becomes something that needs to be managed. Gone are the good old days of just a competition to which office can lose the most weight. Yeah, or like a volleyball competition, like in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess those are separate separate episodes, but... I think the weight loss one was actually a two ep- or a continuation episode. I think it was technically two. We have to go through an office episode per podcast episode. That's the rule, right? There was that weight loss competition amongst the different branches, and it became to such an extent where Kelly was basically starving themselves, and and she fainted, and because of that, corporate did they cancel the competition, or did they send down some disclaimers or guidelines to uh, fix it up? They didn't cancel it because they still tried Tried to to win. The Dunder Mifflin office tried to still win at the end, and they were unsuccessful. But yeah, it's it's a pretty good one. I liked that one. By the way, there are a lot of wellness companies out there that'll handle your entire system. And I think some of the things to look out for, number one, is is whether or not the it's actually going to benefit the bottom line and actually help in, in healthcare costs. Sometimes you're just doing it for the sake of showing the metrics and the numbers, but I would try to find uh, a wellness program that actually has some impact. And then you also have to balance with how involved you want to get in the private lives of, of your employees and everything, company culture and things like that, you all have to keep in mind. And and of course, this voluntariness aspect from the EEOC, that's, that is a little uncertain, but from, from my perspective, I expect this to be adopted because there are too many companies in this exact position. If EEOC sticks to its position that, you know, Honeywell is doing something wrong, then Honeywell is not going to be the only company that is is hit by this. It's going to be uh, industry-wide. Yeah, I guess wait and see what happens as always, but too much confusion again with healthcare. I don't I don't like it. What would you what would you propose? What would be a simple solution? Let's see. What would I propose? You'd probably say like just everyone has to be healthy and no one no one can die or get sick. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I don't really get sick, so and I haven't died yet. <laughs> I yeah, I'd, I'd support that. It's just I we'd have to figure out some way to like uh in enforcement like if you die or get sick, then there has to be some kind of penalty, like a death penalty. I can't think of that giving rise to any sort of lawsuit, so No, not at all. Our tip for the day. Tip for the day. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. And um, beginning uh, this week, I well, <laughs> more beginning next week, we'll be going to two episodes per week, uh, I think Monday and Wednesday. So look out for that little change. And I apologize for all you uh, folks that uh, tend to listen to our Friday episode. You're going to have to just sit there and not listen to anything on Fridays. I apologize. <laughs> As you should. They can figure out. There's some other good. Nope. There's nothing else. They're just going to have to listen to old episodes on Fridays. <laughs> okay. Take that back. No other podcasts. <laughs> All right. So, okay. All right. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up to date. 
and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.